Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is the podcast version of my newsletter called Sarah by the Season, where I explore what is piquing my curiosity as I try to lean into nature's wisdom and rhythms. Subscribe and learn more at sarahbythesason.com. The title of this week's newsletter is Adjusting to the Dark. It takes a while. The kids and I were thinking about waking up for the Gemini meteor shower back in December, but as I was researching the best time to view them, the article said that you really need to plan to be outside in the dark for up to two hours before viewing nighttime sky events because your eyes need that long to adjust to the darkness so that you can actually pick out the falling stars once they start. Needless to say, I could not convince the kids to go outside with me starting around 2 a.m. for a 3 to 4 a.m. meteor shower in the middle of December. But I can't stop thinking about this idea that you can't see the meteor shower unless you've sat in the dark for long enough for your eyes to adjust to the darkness. Winter is a season that we're invited to sit with darkness to see her as our teacher instead of something to be feared. But us Americans live as if it's perpetual summer with our climate control, electric lights, and nearly everything available to us with a few clicks of our keyboard and some money in the bank. We, myself included of course, barely give ourselves over to the darkness of the middle of the night without doing something to distract ourselves from it let alone sit with the darkness long enough for our eyes to adjust and be able to see what lessons there might be for us there. I recently read Clark Strand's Waking Up to the Dark, and in it, he references a study done by Thomas Ware, former chief of the Clinical Psychobiology Branch of the National Institutes of Mental Health, in which Ware attempts to determine the sleep habits of prehistoric humans. For the study, Ware tried to recreate the conditions that prehistoric humans would have faced at the location of his lab in midwinter. Without alarms or artificial lighting, the participants slept around 11 hours per night for the first few weeks of the study, sleeping 17 hours more than they would have under normal conditions during the first few weeks of the study, probably making up for their sleep debt from their normal lives. But after three weeks, the participants' sleep patterns stabilized to about eight and a quarter hours per night. But interestingly, it wasn't eight hours all at once. According to this New York Times summary of the study, Each night, the volunteers lay in a state of quiet rest for two hours before passing abruptly into sleep. They slept in an evening bout that lasted four hours. Then, they awoke out of REM sleep into another two hours of quiet rest, followed by another four-hour bout of sleep and another two hours of quiet rest before rising at 8 a.m. This pattern of divided sleep separated by rest is called a bimodal distribution of sleep, and it is typical of the sleep of many mammals living in the wild which is to say that it is atypical of humans living in modern Western society. Bimodal sleep, punctuated by quiet rest, was a pattern to which modern Americans reverted almost as soon as they were given the chance. Strand argues that we've lost more than sleep by artificially keeping darkness at bay. By squishing our sleep into seven or eight hour blocks where we're too exhausted not to sleep through the night, or medicating or numbing away those quiet rest periods when they arrive, we've lost our ability to sit with the lessons the darkness teaches. For most of human history, those quiet times in the middle of the night were a time for dreaming, sex, meaning-making, and just being, without efforting or striving. Strand writes, Modern people no longer have any reliable access to the non-physical realm, and that has everything to do with electrical lighting and our modern habit of staying up so late that our bodies have no choice but to sleep straight through the night. Even the scientist Thomas Ware himself, reflecting on the results of the study, sounding very mystical, summarizes, It is tempting to speculate that in prehistoric times, the sleeping in two blocks arrangement provided a channel of communication between dreams and waking life that has gradually been closed off as humans have compressed and consolidated their sleep. If so, then this alteration might provide a physiological explanation for the observation that modern humans seem to have lost touch with the wellspring of myths and fantasies. 
Even the black and white scientist recognizes our separation from the spiritual realm and wonders what kinds of effects it's having on us. If our eyes need to adjust to the darkness to even be able to see a meteor shower, how much more do we individually and communally need to readjust to the darkness to be able to learn all that she has to teach us? Our culture refuses to sit with the dark. Even on the winter solstice, the longest night of the year, all of the emphasis is on the growing light instead of learning to get comfortable with the darkness. As soon as mid-January comes around, much of our conversations start to center around how much we can't stand winter and our excitement for spring. Strand argues convincingly that we are missing out on half of our existence by filling our consciousness with so much light and so little willingness to be in the dark, arguing that we have demonized the dark along with half of what is good within us. We tend to push away the so-called darker emotions, sadness, grief, fear, loneliness. But all of our great wisdom traditions, as well as Psychology 101, teach us that it is in learning to sit with the spectrum of emotions we experience without reacting to them is where freedom arises. Our culture equips us with all sorts of ways to fight off, numb, or ignore the darkness, but our fullest, freest lives only come from learning to embrace the full spectrum of our experience, both the light and the dark. I'm not planning on giving up my electricity anytime soon, but I've been experimenting with a few things lately to help me grow more comfortable with my darker side. I used to ask one of the kids to take Wendell out for the last time before bed, but lately I've been taking him out without a flashlight and walking deep into our backyard where the city lights are dimmer and the darkness is deeper. Most nights I see something beautiful I would have otherwise missed. I'm learning how the planets move through the night sky. I'm noticing the difference in the night to night shape of the moon instead of only going out on full moon evenings. Some nights I get a little spooked, which is good for me too. Probably because of my season of life, I wake up in the middle of the night most nights. Since reading Waking Up to the Dark, I've been thinking of it as a thin space instead of an annoyance. I pray or meditate or write down my dreams instead of my previous habit of getting increasingly annoyed that I'm awake in the middle of the night when I should be sleeping. The funniest part is that by enjoying the quiet and stillness available during those middle of the night wake-ups, I tend to fall asleep before my prayer and mindfulness practice is even over. Meteorological winter is over, yes, but our opportunity to embrace the darkness remains. It isn't just our eyes that must adjust to the darkness in order to see. Our minds, spirits, and whole bodies must experience actual darkness in order for us to adjust enough to see, figuratively and literally, the half of what is good within us that we've been missing by refusing to sit with the darkness, let alone settle into it for a while. You'll have to check out the actual newsletter for this week's Scattering Seeds, where I share things that help us lean into nature's wisdom, which you can find at sarahbytheseason.substack.com. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you know someone else who might like this sort of thing, I would love it if you would share it with them. You don't know how big of a difference it makes to writers and creators when you share our work. Learn more at sarahbytheseason.com. And cheers to adjusting to the darkness in the week ahead.